Why is that working? All right. There we go. Hello, everyone. My, my contract runs out at the end of time, so I'm gonna be here for a lot. And wow, everything's going really fast. I don't. I, that I'm was what a seizure. I, I added that. That was a seizure. preview. That was called the reverse preview of the, <laughs> the, of the preview. show. Reverse preview. <laughs> that way, whenever we get to those points, everyone can say, "Oh, I knew that was coming." You know. Oh, I thought I thought I was stroking out. <laughs> no, see, I wanted to start this podcast in media res. Oh, you know, all right. Well, carry on. Then. All the top directors do that. You just didn't know. <laughs> You're running your own memento show here. Okay. Oh, exactly. You see, gotcha. I'm just trying to class it up today. I'll class it up. All uh, right. Well, I, I, I would say you got a great show ahead of you, but everyone already knows that. That's right. They already They've already that. all seen it. <laughs> well, they actually saw your reviews for the, uh, for the anime, so they know it can't be that great. No, it can't be that great. No. <laughs> <laughs> but as you saw, thanks to our little little example there, we do have Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma with anime on the stream. We have Garthon's Compo, we're going to do Spider-Man, Batman, and more. Just one more. I don't. I like, just like putting in more. It makes it seem a lot more special. Yes. Because it is special. Just like all of you out there in this great big world. Nope, nope. Everyone's no one's a special. Nope. In their own way. Everyone's special. Okay, um... The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While I make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Not me. My ideas might be offensive, but not my language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Or audioship, listenership. Yes, Participation. Yeah, you should be on iTunes or SoundCloud or any of those other places. That's right. In fact, you could catch this show on YouTube. You just go to YouTube, type in Legion what? of Myth. We are there. Are you you can subscribe me? to us. We, you know, we, we subscribe to people. People subscribe to us. It's fun. Uh, Grow in every single day because we have lots of videos every single day. Uh, you can go to Twitch uh, where you can view the show live. We have live streams every single day of the week. Uh, we go to Reddit. Talk to us there. Chill out. Uh, on Facebook, you can follow our page. Also, uh, Messenger or Twitter. We'd like to do the tweets. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, we've already talked about that. Let's talk about why we're really here. We know why we're really here. It's Heathen Dogs Anime on the stream. That's right, everyone. And uh, I've gotten a couple of notes, uh, notes. recently. from Yeah, from, from people out there, comments and stuff. Say, so, hey, uh, Heathen Dog, uh, do you not like any anime? I mean, is that – do you like everything? Is that why you always – you always give everything at least four stars. Well, number no, one, I, no, I, I don't. I thought you had a binary review system of liked it and haven't seen it. No, no, I don't. I, I have a I have a system that's very uh, forgiving, really. I mean, it starts with five stars, and you have to make mistakes to go down. Uh, the lowest I've gone so far is two and a half stars. That was that crappy Arslan or Aslan or whatever thing it was. It was just yeah, mad. that was yeah. weird. And whoa, something happened. Oh, there we go. Okay. And uh, today, in response, 
actually not, not a response. It was just in absolute randomness. I found an anime that sucks. Oh, did on you Hulu. now? Yes. On Hulu, it just plain old stinks. And we're going to go into it right now. It is called Cross Ange. It looks cool. It looks cool, yeah. Rondo of Angel and Dragon. It's actually Rondo, which is a musical term meaning interlude or whatever uh, be- because because it has some goofy goofy musical context to to the with to the uh, to the series which is really poorly done and stupid but before i get into any of that stuff let's get into particulars it sounds like a really trope ridden anime just from that thing just you know mm. tell me there's a magical princess there's a magical princess oh, okay God, I know. <laughs> this this piece of smoking garbage was directed by yoshiharu ashinu Shino. Uh, written by Tatsuo uh, Higuchi, uh, music by Akiko Shikata. Studio was a Sunrise, uh, licensed by Madma Entertainment and Sentai Filmworks. The original network was uh, Tokyo MX, MBS, TVA, BS11, and ATX. Original run was October 5th, 2014 to March 29th, 2015. Episodes 25 of them, and you can see them on Hulu. Now, let's open this up to our main... If you can make it through him, yes. Let's open us to our main character. This is Angelique, a princess of one of the five or so great empires of Earth, right? Okay. Now, uh, I want to, yeah, I want to throw a premise out here for you, all right? Now, uh, okay, here it is. Uh, this Earth is tech, has high tech. You know, they have cars, they have computers, they have all that stuff, but they also have magic, which which they call the the, the mana of light or just just mana. And uh, everyone has access to it, and it's it's made a utopia of basically the planet. I mean, there's no war, there's no nothing. I mean, everything's everyone's happy because everyone has everything they need because they just magic it up. Like, oh good. no, oh no, my I, I need to change my outfit. Boom, outfits changed. Magic, have fun with that. Need food. So you know, yeah, magic. Magic. Boom. Food. Done. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's good. Now. Uh, now uh, this uh, this this Angelique cat, uh, she she's a prince like I said, princess of one of the five uh, uh, five great nations, and uh, um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and, and uh, throw out clip number one and see what happens. All right, clip number one. They're locked a baby in a pyramid. Yes, this is the the test to see if you're a Norma. And in a moment, she's going to break that pyramid. Yes, yes. And, and that is te- that is test confirmed that she is a Norma, which means she was born with no magic, no, the abil- not no ability to uh, to actually manipulate mana in any way. Now, these these human beings are considered no class citizens. They're nothing. They're animals. They're 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 considered barbarians. The the reason for all wars, the reason for strife. So they are banished. They are taken away, given a number, have their name stripped from them. And taken away from society for society's own good, and society oh. loves it. Well, yeah, no, they society get to have their as long as the normies aren't around. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Those, those those normas are just the worst. And so that's you know that's how that's how it goes. You know. Shit. Now uh, we're we're gonna go to our, our next slide here, and this one is uh, Angelique's brother Julio or or Julio, but they don't call it that. They call it Julio. Because it's you know Japanese, he seems but, like uh, he is a kind, generous person. Yes, he does, doesn't he? No, he's not really. He's he's the little brother to Angelique, so he's second in line to the throne. Okay. All right. Yes. Now he 
finds out that his father, his mother and father have been protecting Angelique her entire life. Uh, she was born a Norma. <gasps> she can't use dun, mana. Dun, dun. But, yes, but uh, her handmaiden has been using magic for her and her mother and father told her, no, 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 uh, uh, crown princesses shouldn't use their own magic. Just let let uh, let your handmaiden do it. And she's like, oh, okay. Because she's retarded in so many ways. <laughs> it, it she, so she hasn't like, just tried to be on her own just to see... You know, never, you know, at all. No, no, she didn't. She, she is, in the beginning of the series, she is the vapid blonde idiot. Oh, okay. Just horrible. So uh, her brother finds out the secret, and during her coming-of-age ceremony, outs her as a Norma. Oh, that's immediately has, yeah, Immediately has her taken into custody. Her, uh, her father, uh, their, their, their father, arrested and imprisoned. And his Dang. mother tried to tried to save the princess, and she gets shot dead. That seems a little far. Rather than just like having her right. removed and, for the succession, that turns into like you know right. everyone. Yeah, it does. And and in, in the aftermath, he becomes uh, King Julio the first. Well, you know, it's not really a bad yeah, planning yeah, yeah. on his part, really. And he was technically, I guess, following no, no, the yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, it was. I mean, he he manipulated everything perfectly to to, to make him well, look like the greatest thing ever and to make them look really, like horrible. horrible by that monsters. description, by the rules of their society, that's not even manipulation. He's actually doing the right thing. Oh by... no, no, no! He knew about it for a long time. He waited until it was such a public forum that no one could no one could dispute his 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 facts. No one could. Well, that's just smart planning. He waited. That's just smart planning. Yeah, he, I already know who the hero of the story yeah. is. You don't, we don't have to go any further. <laughs> okay now I'm just uh, if, if I'm we just if we go to the next slide the, i know i know if we go, go to the next slide we see the secret prison that's a nice uh, arsenal that's pretty it is a nice it looks nice yeah it's in the middle of nowhere the, the this is where they put all of the normas yes the, this is where they put all of the normas right okay. now unknown to the rest of society uh the, the the leaders of the five kingdoms know this because they they fund this prison with with all of their country's money uh the this world is constantly attacked by interdimensional beings called that, that they call dragons all right that look very much like dragons so you know the name fits fitting title and, i suppose yes and they they come and they try and eat everyone well all, all of the normas since they're all they're good for is fighting and and killing things uh they're they're put into into mechs and to they're sent to fight the dragons yeah so far this society actually has a pretty solid plan behind it. i know right so far it seems okay it seems I like mean, you, you got a good deal going it's here it's kind of bad what they're doing is separating people out because they can't use magic but at least they're not like sending them off they're not like killing them in the street yeah they're yeah like, they're not hey. throwing off a cliff or anything they're actually get, keeping them useful in society and th they do pay them so you know yeah. i mean it's not really yeah, for, for for every dragon you you bring down, you get a certain amount of money, which you can use to buy luxury items, um, you know, better food, better better lodging, better everything. You know, so the the, the better dragon fight you are, the better life you have. They make it too easy to play devil's advocate for this series. It's like I know they're evil, but look at it this way. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it gets it gets far far worse. So let's let's go to clip number two, clip and number and, two. Uh, and we'll show you the dragons. Ah, it's a dragon. It has lots of bodies. That's a dragon. Yep. Dimensional rift, attuned, gargantuan, oceanic, neotype. Uh, they even yep. gave it an acronym. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like a shield acronym, you know, <laughs> just, it is. just just to make it spell dragon. Yep. So that that is her life. She has to fight those things now, or die. Or and she the majority gets... of society has no idea that this is happening. 
Oh, the vast majority of society has no idea this is happening. All right. Now, uh, she, she, she goes ahead. She, she gets put into, into one of these mechs and, uh, she goes out to fight her, her first battle to fight dragons. Well, she tries to get eaten by the dragon because she doesn't want to fight because only dirty Normas actually fight things and kill things. But she is one of those. I know, but she can't, she hasn't come she hasn't really latched onto that with her brain yet. <laughs> she, I'm All the right. crown princess. You're the yeah, exactly. Of the normas. Get, get in her head, it. she's still the crown princess, right? So, so she tries getting by a dragon. A cu- couple of people come to her aid, like, "What are you doing, stupid?" And they get killed. Oh, nice. So, so the the uh, the leaders are like, blame her for being stupid. So they throw her in a junk mech and tell everyone, <laughs> "No one help her. She's on her own. She's in this stupid clunker that no one can get working. It's been around forever, but no one the the mechanics can't get it working right." Screw her. If she's going to die, she's going to die. No one, no one care about her. That's it. So they throw in this junk mech and, uh, and she gets, uh, she gets captured by a dragon. She's about to be eaten and she, for, and then her self-preservation kicks in and she freaks out. Okay. And that's where we start clip number three. Clip number three. All right. Oh, I'm freaking out. Oh, there's blood and stuff. And uh, she has a magic ring or something. Oh, I'll explain that in a minute. But it turns your mech into a useful mech? Yes. This is where the whole thing goes off the rails. It makes your mech transform? No, no. The, all the mechs can transform, but that one was broken, so it couldn't do it. But now oh. it can. All right. All right. Let's go to the next slide. We'll, we'll see. Uh, uh, the, uh, these these mechs are called paramails. All right. And this one has a name. It's, it's called Vilkus. All right. I'm not sure what that means. I don't really care because this, this anime sucks. But uh, <laughs> the, the whole thing is, for, for some reason, uh, this, this, uh, this, this particular paramail can only be uh, piloted by a Norma of a royal family who has a royal family signet ring. And, Why would and, you design that? I don't know. I don't know. Okay? I don't know. All right? Stop. Well, I guess it it makes sense. I know in the U.S. Army, since we were both well, actually we were both in the Air Force. I remember they did have a couple F-22s on the sidelines that could only be piloted by sons of royalty who were wearing special signet rings. Yes, that's, that's pretty normal. Actually, you know what? This uh, I, I suppose you could say this harkens back to Voltron, the original Voltron, where they had to have the keys. True, they didn't have to be special the, people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anyone with the key could pilot it, but no, no, no. This one has to be a member of the royal family and a Norma. And, and all Normas in this world are female. So there you go. See, that's kind of weird that, that they're all female. Well, it, it, they, they try to explain it later on and fail utterly. But uh, you know what? We're we're gonna we're gonna skip. We're 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 gonna we're gonna put a pin in that. Well, I mean, the explanation is just the artist wanted to draw a bunch of girls hanging out. Right? Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's pretty much the bottom line, which yeah. I hate them for. Now we're gonna put a pin in this. Okay. And and circle back to this folly after we after we get one uh, the other main character. Now this this guy is called Task. He is the the uh, um, supporting male lead for for uh, Angelique. All right. Now. Uh, he uh, he also has he also has he also also has a Norma, but he's not he wasn't born of, he wasn't really born of this world. They don't really explain that too much. He's the only male Norma they've ever seen, but it's pretty common where he's from. Oh, so he's from a whole different country then? But not not a whole different country. <gasps> it gets into that. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna get into it. I swear to God, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out with this one. All right, now um, he is completely devoted 
to the to the beginning of the series, the the, the pilot of Vilkus. He is a knight of Vilkus. He's a protector of whoever is in that mech. That's his job. So initially, he's he's the protector of Angelique just because she is the pilot of that mech. And later on, they get feelings for each other, just like uh, in all animes that happen that way. It just happens in a horrible, horrible way, which I will get into at the end. Now, uh, the main bad guy is the next guy. This guy is named Embryo. Now, Embryo. here's... Yes, here's where here's where it goes off the rails. All right, uh, Master Embryo. Um, he is a he is a, a theoretical slash uh, realistic physicist. Now I say that because he's so intelligent that all these theoretical uh, physics theories that are out there, he actually proved or disproved. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah. So uh, super string theory, he's got it. He got it licked. Uh, quantum theory, nah, it's done. He did that yesterday. Uh, For grand... lesser minds, lesser minds. Yeah, exactly. Unifying field theory. Pff, he did that. He did, he did that a hundred years ago. <laughs> that fields are ever ununified is surprising. To me. <laughs> exactly right. The, the, the fact that you think it's not unified is stupid. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah. And then uh, but before I I'm going to completely ruin this plot for you. Completely ruin it because it's so disgusting and stupid. That. I'm going to go through step by step with this and <laughs> and completely ruin this for you because you shouldn't watch it. Okay. You just shouldn't watch it. So it's not okay. ruining us, but just saving us. Yes, I'm saving you from this giant pile of dog crap. <laughs> Duncan Idaho wants it ruined immediately. All right. So uh, we'll go to our last slide and we'll see that I gave it two stars. And the only Ooh. reason I gave it two is because the actual action scenes and the animation are good. They're very good. It's very well drawn. Does everyone's mech have a giant hood ornament on it, or just a special royal no, mech? Just just a special royal mech has the hood ornament. Oh great! No, no, so she no gets like has... the Rolls Royce mech. Yes, she 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 gets the Rolls. Everyone else gets a gets a Toyota Camry. Gets a Toyota. Exactly. <laughs> now here we go. Okay. Toyotas run well, at least. All right. A few hundred years ago, Embryo, who was alive back then, so he's not alive now. No, no, he's still alive. Okay. He doesn't age anymore. Okay, good plan. All right. He decided that humanity needed, needed what he calls a tuner, all right? Someone to, to, to keep it in line, to push it where it should go. He volunteered for that awesome task. Now, uh, this is Earth. Um, he is on Earth, all right? Now, it's the Earth that we know right okay. now, except, except maybe 100 years in the future, all right? All right. Now, they, they have a power source called Dragonium. It's a stupid name. It's I don't dumb. see how that name can be considered stupid. Yeah, it's really dumb when you when you consider why it's called that. But uh, there there were several several power plants throughout the entire world. It was cheap. It was it was it was better than fusion uh, cold fusion energy. It was limitless. It was for everybody. And what did the humans do? They turned it into a weapon. Well, yeah. Exactly. That's so the so everyone started fighting each other. It all went it all went bad. The the earth the earth started to become polluted with this with this dragonium radiation. Now what he did is he gathered a whole bunch of people and shunted them to an alternate universe earth that was empty. Okay. It's not a and he, bad and, idea. And he recreated society based on both technology and this mysterious mana. Now, what we find you, out, you keep getting in the camera and I don't want you to be on film. Okay. Now, Sorry about that. Uh, it's okay. What we find out is that this mysterious mana is powered by a dragon. The, the main granddaddy of all dragons from, from this other universe. Now, like, okay, well, there's another universe. 
No, it's Earth. What happened was the people that were left behind on Earth were surrounded by this holy toxic atmosphere of, of Dragonium. So they decided to alter their bodies to, to adapt to the environment. So they became all, the dragons? All of the males became full-on dragons, and they, they would eat the radiation and poop it out as inert crystals. So they would over time heal the whole planet. Now, this, uh, this anime starts 530-some-odd years later, so the original Earth is pretty much fine, except it's inhabited by either dragon or dragon hybrids. Now, uh, Embryo is, is, is siphoning power from the main dragon to, to fuel his, his mana. Mana. It's not really mana. It's, 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 just, it's just Dragonium uh, uh, with a little uh, Wizard of Oz type spin on it. And uh, he, has to, he, he has to keep... Uh, killing dragons to uh, to take out their hearts be because their, their their hearts are also these crystallized dragonium to keep pumping into the main dragon to keep the mana flowing. All right, I guess. Okay. Okay. Now the reason he's still alive is because in his first dimensional experiment, uh, he was in a ragnamail, which is, which is the 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 precursor to a, to a paramail, and uh, he was shunted into. A, uh, a dimension that didn't exist. It was like a, a, he like it created a pocket dimension where time doesn't exist. So his real body is there, but he can project his he can project a, a version of his body into any universe he wants, and that body is unkillable. It dies, it disappears, and a new one appears. So he's completely unkillable outside of his dimension, and only he can get there. Seems great. It's a final right? fantasy plot. Except horribly convoluted. I mean, if you can no, follow that it. Final Fantasy plots are known for being horribly yes, convoluted. Yes, there you go. Now, uh, the whole thing hinges on uh, Angelique getting getting Vilcus, which is also a Ragnamale, or you know, the a, a precursor to Paramale, to to also jump into this extra dimensional space to find his real body and kill him. All right. So but she why does. Why do you need to kill him? Because. Uh, um, he'll always be around manipulating manipulating all the Earths because he can project his body quantumly into any dimension. And he's untrappable and unkillable. Yes, but is he evil? Yes. He wants to control all of all of humankind. Now, uh, the now if they, they really in, in, instead of with good writing to say that he's really evil instead of instead of like Dr. Doomish evil, like he really thinks he's doing the right thing uh -huh. type evil. Um, they have a completely absurd amount of sexual abuse. Oh, in this anime, Lovely. it is it is completely unnecessary. It's horribly gratuitous, and it it was it was disgusting. I mean, sure, some uh, a sexual abuse for for a darkish anime can be necessary to tell the story. All right. You could have shown he was evil without him sexually abusing every woman he finds, like in horrible, horrible ways. I hope it's not graphic, at least. No, no. In, in, they, they, have a, they have it all uh, PG-13 in Hulu, except, of course, for the plot and what he's doing. You know, they, oh. they just don't show any, any, any genitalia or anything like that, any breasts or anything. But uh, completely but he, gratuitous, unnecessary. Yes, unnecessary and awful. All right, so uh, gratuitous uh, sexual violence knocked it off. All right, I would hope so. Uh, stupid convoluted plot knocked it off. 
human beings uh, eating deadly radiation and pooping out inert crystals because they turn themselves into dragons to heal their world knocked it off. A lot of this stuff is just dumb. But for some reason, the, someone gave the green light and said, go ahead. Stupid. Stop it. They didn't stop it. And in came Crossange, this giant turd of an anime. But not quite one star. No, no. It, it was going to be one and a half. It was going to be one and a half ju- just, just because of the whole. Uh, um, all the weird stuff going on. Yeah. All the, all of the, all the, <laughs> it was going to be one and a half because, because of the excellent, the excellent animation. You know, the, right. the, 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 the fight scenes were good. They didn't use any, any, uh, any blurred lines to, 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 to try and mimic fast motion. They actually did the work and, and drew out, you know, fast motion and stuff like that, which was great. You know, I like that. Um, uh, another thing I hated about it was that, uh, you know how when, when, when there's a male lead and the, the, the female romantic lead in the beginning, there's always an accident where he trips and touches her booby or something and she gets all pissed off and yeah. tries to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, there's a female lead, right? So I'm thinking that's not going to happen because she's supposed to be strong. You know, in, in the beginning, she, she, she's a vapid little idiot. Have you but not very, watched anime? Yeah. But very quickly, very quickly, she turns into a very strong warrior. All right. Very quickly. Right. But Task like slips on a wrench and fought and, and falls on her. And, and she goes, oh, no, oh, you latch, you, you cur. You're like, come on. I mean, for a, a second, a second ago, you were, you were talking about like, like tearing out the hearts of dragons and eating them. And now some, someone accidentally falls in your belly and you're a little girl again. Shut up. Just shut That's up. That's just anime trope to me. I don't know. Exactly. But it was, it was reverse anime trope that didn't need to happen in the first place. Yes. They could have shown some spine in this one, but they decided to not. So that's it. Two stars. I would have given it less if, if the animation was anything less than great. All right. Next series. We've gone too long in this one. No yes, one we have gone real long because yes. I, I told you the whole plot. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. Yes. All right. Now this next one is magical warfare. Now the, this one's better, but again, we find ourselves in the whole dimensional quandary. Is it about which, magical warfare though? It is about magical warfare. So at least that's straightforward. And, yeah, it, it, I, I will give it this. It is it is a fresh take on 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 magic in modern day society. All right, but before I get into that, let's get into particulars. Uh, it was directed by Yuzo Sato, written by Kazuyuki Fudesu, uh, music by Masato Koda. My favorite uh, part is having you read these names. I know, right? I'm butchering most 90% of them. Uh, Studios Madhouse, licensed by Madman Entertainment and Sentai Filmworks. Original networks were TBS. MBS, CBC, and BS, TBS. Original run was January 9th, 2014 to March 27th, 2015. You can watch it on Hulu, Hulu, and it's only 12 episodes. Now, uh, the antag- the protagonist of this of this series is... Uh, Jim. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, Bill. Takashi Nanase. I was close. All right. Now, he is a, he's a middle, uh, late middle school, early high school. It's kind of hard to tell. He's about 15 or 16. And uh, um, he's a pretty much average kid, except he is in the he's in the Tendo Club, and he carries around. A, uh, it's also on Crunchyroll, uh, Sheriff's, Yes, but I don't do Crunchyroll because I'm already paying for Hulu and Netflix. I'm not paying for any more. You can do it for free. <laughs> do it for free if I want to watch 18 commercials, but I don't. Commercials rule. So, there you go. <laughs> but uh, in the beginning the of this series, you should watch are in our live stream. Like, there you go. Our, Boom. YouTube That's videos. it. That's the only, only ones that are worthwhile. <laughs> But in the beginning, he's a normal kid. You know, he's just he's going to school. He got there early because his, his home life kind of sucks. 
his, his dad's gone. His mom is a wreck and his brother hates him and blah, 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 whatever. It's, he just, he just stays, stays away from home as much as possible. And his life is better. So he's at school early. He's going to his homeroom and he runs into this girl who uh, opens, a, opens the door next to him and just falls out of it unconscious. So he grabs her and he takes her to the, uh, um, to the, yeah, yeah. To, to the school nurse basically. Right. Yes. And, uh, and that's where his tribes and tribulations start. Now, there are two other people caught up with him and this, and this, little, this little unconscious girl. And they're on the next slide. This is uh, Kurumi and Kazumi. Okay, Kurumi is his, quote, is, is, uh, is, is, uh, uh, Takashi's quote-unquote girlfriend. Now, this gets a little dark, but it, it doesn't dwell on it like, like, uh, like the previous anime did. She was a, a victim of sexual abuse early on. And uh, she can't stand the, the the touch of men, so or or even them coming onto him. So, uh, uh, so the, our protagonist, our protagonist was her friend, and she and she said, uh, "Can you please pretend to be my boyfriend so no guys come onto me?" He's like, "Sure." So for years he's been pretending to be her boyfriend in, in public, so no one would no one pick on her. So she has time to get her head straight. Right? Okay, right. great. And uh, Kazumi, who's the the guy on the on the right. Uh, he's a uh, he's your you know low achieving punk, you know you you can always tell a, a, a Japanese punk in school because he's got blonde hair, or just kind of spiking with back, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you know there he is. You know he's he's a good guy, but he gets in trouble a lot, and he doesn't follow through his classwork and all that stuff. That's just the way he is. That's See just nothing it. wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, not everyone can be an overachiever. That's how it goes. That's right. Now the the crux of all of our problems is our next slide. This is this is Mui. This is the girl that that fell out of the doorway. All right, and uh, she is a magician. We find out very early on. All right, and uh, she actually causes all of the trouble for all of the main characters in the very first couple of in the very first episode of this of this anime. We got clip number one. If you want to roll that right now, I see. She's mistaken me for her brother. Yeah, this is her waking up in the in the uh, infirmary. She has a gun. Most, yes, she does. Most girls do not. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Now, uh, uh, to be fair, um, uh, ma uh, ma magic in this world commonly uses a focus. Her focus is a firearm. Practical. Because uh, because all of her magic is is long distance attacks, so she uses a firearm as a focus. That makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's just how it works. Now, the problem is that uh, children and adolescents who are exposed to magic almost always become magicians themselves. Their their nervous system rewrites themselves with with this new magical energy to become, uh, I guess, uh, sensitive to it. All right. Okay. Now, uh, uh, spells and stuff like that, you have to actually train for. You have to learn. But uh, every magician has a natural ability. All right. All right. A natural magical ability that is based off of instinct and personality. All right. Now, uh, she exposed all these three kids to magic accidentally because there was there was like three or four other magicians that were chasing her, and she had to use magic to defend herself. And she exposed all these kids to magic. Now, all of them had a different uh, a, a different effect on it. If we roll clip two, we get to see all of them uh, seeing their magic happen for the first time. 
Oh, he has a Sharingan. Kind of, yes. He has a he has sight magic, which allows him to see moments into the future. I'm hoping this isn't like normal school activities. No. Okay, now that that was a bad cut of mine. It was supposed to go off his hand and just burst into fire. Now uh, the 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 blonde girl uh, she, it, it she talked has, about her breast being bigger. She has her magic. Yeah, her no no her magic is transformation magic, and she's always been self conscious about her body because of her uh, past. Okay. So unconsciously, she made herself in a more more womanly body. Now uh, I would do the same. I yeah mean, yeah you would, right. If I, I mean, were a girl. Yeah. Uh, now, 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 Kazumi has a very explosive and and hot tempered and I wouldn't say violent, but energetic personality. So his magic ended up being destruction magic. Now, it's uh, his his focus is on his ring. He has a he has a little uh, death's head ring on his on his on his hand, and that that becomes his focus for pure destruction magic. Now, destruction magic is horribly powerful, but it's insanely hard to control. So it, he spends most of the anime just trying to get a handle on it. And uh, he doesn't really succeed until, until toward the end, but it becomes really, really powerful. Right. Now, now, why was this little girl, this little magician, uh, appearing in the school? Well, she was running away right. from, from 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 those other guys. Right. Right. Uh, now, if we if we go to the the, the next slide, and we will see uh, uh, Suganashi Abia or, or Aiba, whatever Aiba. Now, uh, this is the little girl's older brother. The older brother was captured by by Ghost Trailer, which is which is the the this evil magician faction, right? And he was brainwashed to think that he he's part of their faction. And this the, the, her, his uh, his little sister, the Mui, uh, Mew was was trying to get him back and ran into these three guys and and they, they they chased her all around the world and ended up in the school where all this stuff started to happen. All right now. Yeah, he is a really, really powerful, powerful magician. Uh, he he uh, majors in ice magic, and he's 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 super good. And uh, um, she fails time and time again to to get him back because she's just not that good. I mean, she's a little kid, and he's grown, and he's been doing this a very long time. And all, all the brainwashing they did didn't actually, you know, mess with his magical ability. Yeah. Maybe if she found now, his other glove, he'd snap out of it. Maybe so. It's like, oh, there's my glove. Oh, oh my, the missing piece of my now. soul. Yes, oh, I was Michael Jacksoning the whole time, That's and right. I thought I was. All right, now, now, who brainwashed him? Who did that? Well, the main bad guy, the the head of Ghost Trailers, our next our next clip. He doesn't look uh, like a bad guy. I know he looks like a really good guy. That's because he's he's a he's a charismatic, uh, you know, Scientology type bad guy. Oh, those are the worst kind. Exactly, uh, Kazuma Ryusenji, I think. I'm guessing on that one, but uh, yeah, he's he's the leader of Ghost Trailer. And he believes that magicians are better than humans. Magicians should rule all, their, uh, all the humans because they can't do it themselves because they, they suck at rule themselves, obviously. I mean, look around. So uh, all, the other, all the other magicians, uh, magician groups band uh, against him because that's not the way it's done. And they had a giant, giant wizard fight. Okay. Now, in this giant, giant wizard fight, uh, he got enough power to cast a master spell to cleanse the earth of all humans, leaving magicians intact. All right. Just cleanse the earth of all humans. Now, 15 grand wizards from all the other factions got together. They couldn't stop his spell from happening, but what they did was they created a quantum duplicate of the earth and shunted him over there. Okay. So he, 
So he destroyed all of humanity on that other Earth when all of the other humanity on this original Earth was still intact, away from his spell. Now, so, to know, help... Screw the other Earth, I guess, you know. It, yeah, well, no, the other Earth was a quantum duplicate anyway. It, it wasn't going to last long. It just <laughs> needed to last long enough. Okay. Right? And all the people there were going to die anyway because this the, this grand spell was great, but everything, but it's not going to last forever. And that Earth so, was doomed anyway. It just temporarily created so. Exactly. So, uh, um... The, the Grand Wizards, after doing that, they decided, well, we need to put a protection on the real Earth. So they, they, they put what they call the gift to all humans on the real Earth. Now, this, this whole gift was to, to, to protect humans from magicians. If a human uses magic directly to damage, I mean, sorry, if a magician uses magic to directly damage a human, that mage is stripped of all of his magic powers by this curse. And we have that in clip number three. Oh, he looks very upset. Oh, that doesn't look good. No. When you when you got blood pulled pulling out of all of your orifices, it's not a good thing. No. I like to keep my blood inside my orifices. Yeah, yeah, you know, as a general rule, I agree. Yeah. When you use the magic to for the world, you lose all your magic power. Yes, the, the, this is so um, magicians don't try and take take over the earth, and uh, and magicians don't fight on the earth because it would create a ton of a ton of new magicians as as kids, and no one wants to deal with that. Basically, magical orphans running around with with un, untrained power just running amok. Dang. No one wants that. It could so be so exactly. So they made these rules. Now, uh, mages can fight in the collapsing world. Or the disappearing world. It's it's been it's been translated both ways, which is that quantum duplicate, which right. is shrinking. All right. Okay. The world is shrinking, and and the edges are getting crumbled away, turning into nothingness. So the the so this quantum this quantum Earth, which all the magicians live on, where they can fight on, is is a ticking time bomb. It's going away. All right. Okay. All right. So so uh you know they have to you know someone has to win this fight, or else everyone's going to lose. And only until this fight is won will this gift be this this gift slash curse be lifted on the real world. Now, I'm not going to ruin any more plot than that because it's not horrible. All right. Now, I, I gave it two and a half stars, uh, average. If you, if you like anime like this, then you'll like this one. You won't you won't believe you waste your time. But All if right. if you're but if if you're not a fan of of duplicate worlds and other dimensions like I am, crazy magic stuff. Well, no, crazy magic stuff I like, but stupid duplicate worlds and convoluted explanations for something that could really be simple, then you won't like this one. All right, makes sense. So, thank you for that review. Uh, anime not to watch. I greatly appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> thank you for spending your time so I didn't have to. You're welcome. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add to the end of that? Uh, no, I mean, if, if you have any, uh, if you have an anime out there that uh, that you haven't watched but you looked at and you say you know what that looks pretty cool go ahead and leave it leave it in the in the in the comments in the twitch chat or go ahead and leave it in the comments on our youtube page and i will watch it for you i will watch it for you and i will either tell you that yes you are right or i will tell you that no i took that bullet for you and i'm still bleeding and this is why <laughs> well thank you well thank you as always uh would you cover series different than a movie Yes, yes. A series is almost impossible to get five stars because there's so many chances to screw up. A movie, 
you have an hour and a half to two hours and you should be able to make a tight five-star experience in that amount of time. You should. I rarely see it, but you should be able to. But a four and a half star for an anime series is basically the best I give. And I think I gave it one time. I, I believe so. I don't remember. I, I gave it one time. I forget which what. I forget with what, but I, I gave it one time in this show. All right. Well, thank you very much for all that. I appreciate it very much. But now, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to our next segment, which is entitled... Yes, the magical Garthon's comic pull is here, bringing its Garthon ma- comic magic. It's magical now? It Well, didn't you hear the theme? It has to be magical. All right, fair enough. What else could it be? All right, so uh, first up this week, we're going to talk about Spider-Man number 18. Now... Spider-Man is not to be confused with Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, New Year Vows, the amazing Spider-Man, Last Rides, the superior Spider-Man, um, Spidey, oh, or the other, basically there are like 12 Spider-Man series right now. All right, there's probably actually 10. That's insane. Okay. Yes. Too much. Marvel, this is one of the reasons why you keep losing readership. You have too many dang books with, for the same characters. Yes. Tighten it up. Yes, Duncan 11. These Duncan Idaho 11. These are concurrent series. Marvel's producing all right now. Most of them are about Peter Parker. This is the only one that is about Miles Morales, who was originally Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe, after mm-hmm. the Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe got killed. Right. But he, because everyone thought Miles Morales was awesome, he eventually got brought into mainline continuity. And he's still awesome. So, uh, this was written by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, pencils by Oscar Bazaldua. Uh, colors by Justin Ponsor and Rain Burrito. Uh, Miles is going through an interesting time right now. His mother has just found out that he's Spider-Man and that his father is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so she's feeling a little betrayed by getting over it. Um, his one of his roommates is a former minor league X band called Gold Balls, very minor league. Um, his other roommate is kind of having like superhero envy because he's not a superhero, surrounded by him. And recently, he's kind of lo- lost his temper, beat up a bunch of guys. They were attacking him, but he just beat the living snot out of them. Yeah, a whole bar, right? Yeah, a whole bar of normal people yeah. just beat the living crap out of them. Um, at the last issue. One of his friends got beaten up really bad by Hammerhead, the old Spider-Man mobster villain. A girl he kind of likes, you know, they're friends, um, who is a very minor league super who can make explosions. Named Bombshell, I think. So he went after Hammerhead in this issue. And uh, he gets the snot feed out of him pretty good. Uh, Because Hammerhead is hot... All right, he's not super powerful. Normal Spider-Man whoops his butt on a routine basis. But this is uh, Miles Morales. He's strong and fast, but he's very inexperienced. You know, it's kind of like what things you love the old Spider-Man series for. He's learning. He's getting better. He's dealing with real-world issues, going to school, his parents, all sorts of stuff. And he's just really been having a lot of teenage angst and anger issues recently. He sees his friend get beat up. He's like, I'm not taking this. He runs out to go find Hammerhead, beat him up. By the time his friends figure out, they're like, oh gosh, we got to stop him. So he starts fighting Hammerhead. Hammerhead just beats the dog pudding out of him, right? And 
Spidey fights back pretty good, managed to beat up Hammerhead pretty hard. But eventually, Gold Balls has to save him. Um, basically by amping up. You, Gold Balls' powers, he shoots out like gold balls. He knows sure. he, doesn't, he doesn't like his he's, superhero he's name. He's aptly named. He thinks it's dumb, but it's what it's. He's like, well, I can't come up with a better one. Um, I think anyone could come come up with a better one than that. All right, go for it right now. Okay, instead of gold balls, you can be uh, uh, well, cannonballs already taken. Um, ball boy. No, ball ball boy's not good. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, ball boy is better than gold ball. <laughs> yeah, ball boy's better than that. Isn't that a member of the? Uh... League of Superheroes? Ball Boy? Yeah, there's one who actually could turn into a ball and bounce around. I'm not kidding. I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, eventually he ends up being able to take out Hammerhead. And they start... They, Gonky and Gold Balls drag Miles back to his dorm room. His ribs are broken. He's like, no, no no fingerprints, no blood work, no hospitals. I can't do it. It's I'll, I'll be okay. And with his room, his mom is waiting for him. Because she just wanted to talk about the situation. And she's like... She's upset, of course, what the hell's going on. Uh, she wants to take to a hospital. He's like, no, I can't. You know, If I go, they'll get my blood work, my fingerprints, they'll know who I am. They'll ruin my secret identity. They'll put everyone in danger. And she's like, well, it's a good thing your mother is in charge of the hospital, which she is. Hmm. Um, so basically, she takes him in, you know, gets him dressed in normal clothes, takes him in, like, oh, my gosh, I'm your son. He's like, yeah, skateboarding kids, huh? So to get him patched up, she makes sure that, you know, no blood work gets taken or anything. And it's a nice issue. He's starting to get patched up. He meets with his friend who uh, got beat up originally. That's caused the whole issue here. And he's like, yo, yeah, I'm going to be fine. Right, gives her a hug. You know, they go off. And she's watching TV, and Gold Balls, is, uh, Fabio is his real name, is left behind because he kind of has a thing for her. And she's like, oh, isn't it great? It's like, what do you mean? She's like, look, look, look at the TV. Now, TV it shows footage of Spider-Man fighting Hammerhead. It's like, he went and did that for me. He didn't have to put himself in danger, but he did it for me. It's because he loves me. Like, I don't think that. And I love him. Oh, and so she's like going all wide-eyed crazy. Yeah, yeah. She, she's going all stage five clinger now. Yeah, it's like, we're we're in love. He's like, uh. So that's kind of where that ends. It's a nice book that deals with a lot of, like, normal, like, growing up teen issues. Like, do I like her? He, who does he like? She likes me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also does this really great job. Brian Michael Bendis does a great job of writing the characters where you feel like those are real human reactions people would have. Um, Sheriff says she's the same Midas yeah, instead of Gold Balls. I'm not taken, but it's taken by Midas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the it, it does a great job of presenting the story in a way that you would think that teenagers would deal with it. It's not exactly rational. It's mainly, you know, id-driven. But they're trying to be good people. And Miles has this great moment where he's talking with his mom about how he actually lost it and beat up that bar of people. And every time he's in a fight, he's afraid he's going to do it again. And she's like, and she basically tells him, look. Don't worry about it. You suck at fighting. Well, no. She tells him, because you're afraid, because you're aware of it, you know you're not going to. If, you, if it didn't bother you, you'd be worried. But it does because you're a good person. So you could let go of that. As I'm your mother. I'm telling you, you have permission to let go of that and fight. So I was like, oh, that's actually kind of neat. She's like, I don't like what you're doing, but you need to do it right if you're going to do it. Cool mom, thanks. Yeah. You know, she's a really very cool mom. She, she's always looking out for him. But she's, like I said, she's written like you would expect 
or mom to Brienne. Not yeah. you know, she's not like flipping out like, no, no, you can't do anything. It's like she is trying to understand and deal with the situation rationally, but also she wants to protect her son. But also she has to understand he's now a superhero and other things. Right. Duncan Idaho has a list of gold ball suggestions. Orb Overlord, Sphere's favorite golden juggler, gilded grappler, Mr. Gold Balls. Mr. Gold Balls. Mr. Gold Balls. I just call him Captain Gold Balls. That doesn't work. Ooh, they're Captain Gold Balls. I was thinking more of like the Spheroid Saint or something. But that wouldn't work either. He has Sphere Savior, which is better than Spheroid Saint, I guess. That's true. Sphere Savior. I like that one. How about Wolverine? Call him Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) No one's using that name. Oh, 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 Glitter Bomb. That sounds like he should have to wear like a disco outfit and like have be swinging around glow sticks everywhere. That would have been awesome in the seventies, you know. The he could have hung out with Dazzler. Yeah, (laughs) their powers would actually work pretty well together. Actually, it's kind of funny. After he ends up when he's fighting uh, Hammerhead, he's like shooting gold balls, like just firing at him and like bouncing off him. He's like, ah, it's like ah. Eventually, like shoots hit him like a giant one, which knocks him out. But as leaving the scene, all these people are like picking these up, like, "Oh my God, this is heavy! Is this real? Oh my God, this is real!" Like, around, oh my God! And then as, as they drive, they're like, "Oh, point!" And they disappear. I'm like, ah. Oh, I had a memento for a minute. <laughs> That's right. They were rich, for a... but if, apparently they are actually. I think Actual he actually gold. pulls in gold from an extra dimensional source, where like the whole dimension is made of gold, essentially. Wow. He's able to pull pieces of it in, but when he's done, it goes back. Oh. So, I don't remember his whole backstory. He was one of the X-Men who was created for, as a, one of the students in like a weird era around 2010 uh, for who the writers were. But they were doing a lot of weird stuff. You know, like, you're the, in the X-Men. Your power is you have eyes on your fingers. Yay! It, it was like the – I forget who the writer was, but it's kind of like it seemed like he hated the X-Men. And it's like, yeah. I'm tired of all these I'm beautiful... not looking at you. I'm not looking yeah. at you. But basically, like, looking. the X-Men were – the students were no longer like – all these beautiful people with ultra powers, all these like losers with horrible powers you wouldn't wish on your enemies, you know? Exactly, yeah. Badger boy. Like, oh. I was like, oh, it's not quite as good as Wolverine. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I can hybrid you, it for eight months. No, no way, if, if you were honey badger boy, that'd be different. But <laughs> no, just regular old badger boy. Just regular badger. <laughs> I'm a possum lad. Oh, no. Watch, watch <laughs> this. I can fake dead. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all they got going. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, it was a good issue. Most of the best part was really it had some nice action. I like the interaction with the friends. I love the interaction between the people. And that's what the best thing about this. It feels like a cohesive story about a group of friends and family. And it works very well on a lot of levels. The art is great. The action is easy to follow and fun to watch. Um, Oscar Beldesville does a great job. Brian Michael Bendis is doing a good job with this book. He's kind of bumbled some other ones recently, but these, this one he's doing a consistent great job. So uh, uh, I'm gonna four out of five this one. Really liked it. Spider-Man number eighteen. Well, it hits all it hits all of your Spider-Man touchstones. You know, it like does. self-doubt, family problems, friend problems, girl problems. It hits all of it. Yep, it sure does. So it, it's just a great Spider-Man issue. You gotta love it. It's like Brian Michael Bendis gets Spider-Man way better than the current writer of Spider-Man does. Mm. Just for who's writing that. Right. Don't come to me later. Might be Brian Michael Bendis. I don't think so. Uh, next, Batman number twenty-six by Tom King. Art is Michael Janin. This is part two of the War of Jokes and Riddles. Bam, bam, bam. I dare you to guess who the two main bad guys are. Um, Deadshot and Punisher. 
Uh, Clayface, actually, but close. No, um, <laughs> uh, the setup for this one, it, this is, this whole story arc is in the past. It's like Batman's going to his second year of being Batman. He's basically telling the story of what happened back then to Catwoman, who he's just proposed to, and I'm guessing she accepted. So they're like in his boudoir, in the Bat boudoir. The Batwar? Batwar. Um, and he's telling her, like, I'm Batman, but to understand me as Batman, you must understand the Batman. And the Batman says what the Batman does. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like being a pro wrestler, I guess. Yeah. Um, so he. Ooh, can you dig it? Yeah! You dig the Batman. He's. For some reason, he feels he has to tell Catwoman the story about his past. Okay. I whatever. It's a dumb setup. The essentially talking like his second year of being Batman. Both the Joker and the Riddler decided that they neither of them could ever be happy again unless they were personally responsible for killing Batman. Sure, makes sense. So, Perfect sense. Riddler couldn't let Joker kill Batman because then Joker would be sad forever, and Joker couldn't let Riddler kill Batman because then Joker could never laugh again. And that would just be a sad clown. Mm-hmm. Aww. So, they've decided they both have to kill him, and they can't let the other person do it. So, they've decided to lay a scorched earth campaign across all of Gotham, and they will kill anyone in their way, including each other, who tries to get in their way of killing Batman first. Sounds fair. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Actually, not a bad plotline setup, really. I actually kind of like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like how it has to be done as in a, this happened in the past, Catwoman. You must understand it before we get married. Why? I don't... Who cares? <laughs> I think it's Duncan Idaho. The Batman looked at Batman. That's not Batman to call his head. Cal rides the towel. My parents used towels. Oh, God. Yes, that's... <laughs> as I said before, this is my issue with Tom King's writing. Everything turns into navel-gazing. And this... <coughs> nowhere in the story he tells Catwoman is there Batman navel-gazing. It's just front-loaded. So, you know, it's like, you have to understand, Catwoman. Then when you're Batman... You are Batman, and it follows you like a bat who is a man, you know. So, ah! Anyway. But also, it also, it actually bookends it, so because there's a scene at the end as well. Anyway. Sounds great. But it's interesting in that you start seeing how Joker and Riddler both try to get to each other. Joker actually ends up calling... Uh, Carmine Infantado, the leader of the crime gangs, and says, hey, Carmine. It's like, how'd you get this number, punk? That doesn't matter. Tell you what. I'm with, I'm with your mother. And uh, you have one hour to kill the Riddler. The end. And, what? you know, he, Joker hangs up. And Carmine looks at everyone. Well, what the hell? Go kill the Riddler. You have one hour. You know, he tells you know because he knows you know screw with the Joker, he will screw with you. Uh, I thought it was kind of a funny scene. So he sends his goons out to find Riddler, and oddly enough, they do. He's walking through the park with a woman wearing green who has red hair. And Riddler's explaining to this woman about how the Joker's after them, or after him, and he's going to do a scorched earth campaign, and that's bad for everyone. And so things need to be done about that. Carmine's goons jump out. And like, hey, lady, step away from the guy. She's like, who are you people? Lady, we warned you, just step away, because bad things are about to happen. And she's like, we warned you. And then right when they're about to start shooting, you know, all the plants in the park start grabbing the guys and choking them to death. 
Well, you were right. Bad things start happening. Yes. And what's what's kind of funny is as the plants are choking these mob goons to death, uh, Riddler and Poison Ivy just keep walking through, you know, like nothing's happening. You know, it's like, he's like, you know, Poison Ivy, I have a riddle for you. If April showers bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring? And she's like, well, that's an interesting question. There are so many flowers that bloom in May. Pansies, posies. He starts naming the flowers. He's like, no, 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 no. It's pilgrims. Oh. Mayflower, get it? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I get it. That's that's pretty good. And he sees his kind of size and says, yes, I suppose it is. Because Riddler's thing right now is he gets no joy from his riddles. He can't come up with a brilliant riddle because his mind is just too stuck on killing Batman. Because Batman's beaten his riddles and he can't handle that. Right. Kind of like Joker can't laugh because Batman's ruined his, keeps ruining his jokes. So, the so that fails. Carmine returns home, finds Joker sitting at his desk, puts all his teeth on the on the desk and says, "These are your mother's teeth." It's been an hour. Riddler's not dead. So these are your mother's teeth. Joker then shoots all of Carmine's goons, except for the some fat, short guy behind him with a long nose and stringy, curly hair. And says, all right, you, uh, fat guy, uh, yeah? Carmine works for me now. I talk to you, you talk to Carmine. This is what happens. All of your resources are now going to be focused on killing the Riddler. Okay, okay. And the chubby guy, who looks suspiciously like the Penguin, who hasn't showed up at this point in history yet, is like, Carmine's mother lives three hours away. So like I said, you give me the everything you have is now focused on that. Goodbye. Carmine's mother lives three hours away. Meaning that Carmine's mother was already dead by the time Joker gave the ultimatum. Right. Which is the joke. But Joker's <clears throat> not laughing because he can't laugh. Right. And I guess that also points like Penguin's origin story for this as well. Under the Batman rebirth. Um saying um a lot i apologize for that while this is going on like after every crime you see batman going and investigating the crime scene like he starts investigating the mobsters bodies hanging from the vines and cutting them down going over who they were like some one of them was actually an undercover cop that he killed goes over the uh carmine's mother who was killed how she how she uh fought back i guess oppressive conditions in italy came to america built herself up you know, her one of her kids. She had ten kids, and one became a mobster. And she spit in his face, and never want to talk to him again. Sure. You know, it, so it's neat. Wait, she had to that. ten kids. Yeah, she had ten kids. Wow. My grandparents had ten kids. Still, wow. My grandma Marsh had ten kids. You do not screw with her. She's still around. She will choke you out. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. My my other grandparents had uh, seven kids. I have a lot of aunts and uncles. I guess so, yeah. I have so many cousins, I don't know all their names. Hmm, fair. I don't. They don't know me either. So, you know, I was the oldest I, of the I cousins. have like I have like five cousins. I don't know their names because I don't care. Oh, I have over 30. Hmm. Anyway. All right, anyway. 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 What do we rate this thing? I, I like the book. I don't like the setup. I hate the setup. I am glad that it doesn't have a lot of Batman, you know, being sad about his parents. Hmm. Because I get it. Uh, I liked the art. I don't love the art, though, but I like it. It works for the issue. I think Michael Jan does a good job with his art style. 
I also appreciate that he is uh, the way he's drawing Riddler and Joker is very similar to how uh, Greg Capullo was, was drawing them. Very similar. Not exactly, but close enough that you understand it's the same characters moving on. And I know a lot of an artists will grab a book and want to put their own spin on the character. Like, God help you if uh, if J.R. Jr. ever gets hold of your book. Oh, God. Anyway. But I really appreciate the, the art style. It does a great job setting scenes. I thought that the dialogue was pretty good. I liked the setup for the story. It's an above-average book. I enjoyed it. It's very transitional. They're, they're getting somewhere with it, so there's no like, oh my gosh, moments in it. But it's a solid three to three and a half out of five for Batman number 26. All right. Very enjoyable. I would recommend reading it. I'm not going to say go out immediately and buy it, but it's a good book. I think that when this series is collected into a trade paperback, definitely worth buying. Last is Avengers number nine, uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Michael Del Mundo. Uh, it has a digital painted style to the whole book, which, mm. when it's on, is beautiful. And when it's off, is confusing and messy. Yeah. Uh, where the book suffers most art-wise is fight scenes. Anytime there's a lot of action, it just doesn't seem to translate well to this digital painted style. Um, anytime they're trying to show, like, people standing around talking or from scenery, he does a really interesting, almost Art Nouveau style of, like, setting frames you know, like he's definitely like a Euro cinema fan, it seems like. Well, Del Mundo might probably be European. But it just like the way he likes to frame things reminds me a lot of like indie European theater where they're trying to be a little artistic. You little artsy fartsy. Little try to be above your head. But it's a fun, but it still works very well. The coloring gets weird sometimes in that he doesn't stick to like the real color palette he'll like do a couple frames where everything's in a red hue or everything's in a blue hue it's all correct but everything's just in a different hue to set a different mood or just to strike um to make that frame stand out which artists yeah. understand doing it but eh, when it's doing it to a certain extent it gets too much but sure. in this issue they're on an alien world so it yeah, I, you can have different color hues because the sun is a different temperature. Right, you know, and the sky here is red, and you know, the go. ground is yellow normally. So there you go. Um, but this issue, done with it. Uh, Fem Thor, or sorry, Thor, who is the girl one? Since right now there's four or five Thors currently. Well, Odin's son is no longer a Thor, but he's still considered. But everyone still calls him Thor. But he's Odin's son. Then you got Fem Thor, who's Jane Foster. Then mm -hmm. you got... She's not around for much longer, though, right? I mean, she's dying. I don't know. Then you got New Thor, who is actually Volstag. Then you got Beta Ray Bill Thor. And then you got Hammerstrike Thor. So yeah, five. You got five Thors. Because Marvel does not need new ideas when you could recycle the old ones. Sure. But then again, you got like six Robins. So, yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> anyway. So, in this book... Uh, Thor, has, during a fight, has been pulled into an alien universe. She's been separated from her hammer. Uh-oh. Uh, when one of these aliens is basically like she arrives like under like some pit of like muck and goo. And 
most of the story, actually almost all the story, is told from the perspective of, they never name him, of one of these muck farmers. He and all his people do all day is dig for sustenance in the muck, because the only food that can still grow on their planet is underneath this muck. It's not a great life, but mm. it's the only life they have. And as soon as like someone starts like, Rrr, under the muck, everyone freaks out and runs, because they have no fight left them anymore, except him, who's kind of curious. Grat helps her, they pull her out. And she tells them that she got transported to their world during a fight, and she needs to get back. She, and she starts freaking out that she's separated from her hammer, because if she's separated from the hammer too long, then they're like, what, what? She's like, oh, I guess nothing in this dimension. Because she doesn't change back to Jane Foster, who has cancer and will die. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're like, oh. They explained to her that on their world, uh, another being from another dimension named Yogg, or Yall or something, came in and destroyed all their technology and basically left them only at the level where they could exist. That's it. They, they're they at a farming subsistence level. Anyone who had any drive to fight back is dead. Anyone who tried to develop any technology is dead. And this other being who came and killed them all apparently claims to be from another world himself and can't get back. They say, you're probably stuck too. But the one guy who saved her says there might be a way one of their scientists actually developed a device that if it's used on someone, it sends them back to their their place of origin. Or wherever they dream to be. You set your mind to where you want to be, and it will send you there. So and they're ruby slippers? Pretty much. It's the MacGuffin mm -hmm. for this episode. It's like Basically, if you okay. use this device on yourself while thinking of where you want to be, you'll be back there. She's like, great. But if you do that, you won't be able to use it on the bad guy to send him away and save all these people. Well, the, the plan is to use it on both. Oh. Because if the bad guy wants to go back home, just tell him, think of where you want to go. Bam, they shoot him, he goes. Right? Or they trick him to think, where are you from? I am from a land where... Then you shoot him, because they'll be thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that the tale turns in... It's kind of an adventure tale, mostly, where they're traveling. They're going through trials together. And it's a wonderful narrative of him learning about himself and about Thor and about other worlds. They eventually end up confronting the boss who, like, controls lightning, and Thor's like, well, I'm the god of lightning. That's not going to do nothing to me. You know, she actually grabs the lightning bolt. It's pretty cool. Yeah. At the end, they end up, uh, when Thor's fighting the big bad guy, her alien buddy finds the weapon, but there's only enough charging it for one shot. Of course. Of course. And he's like, you distract him and use it on yourself and go home. She's like, no, I won't do that to you. We'll send him back. And then, of course, he gets hit with a lightning bolt. Because he could. So Jane ends up like, uh, well, Thor ends up killing the bad guy by crushing his stupid bad guy skull. Because he's Ooh. a big evil woogie. And then as the guy's dying, she shoots. You know, he, he tells her to remember you know, what, about his wife and child who died when this guy attacked. And how before he came, how they had beautiful red skies and everything's good. And then, as he's thinking about that, she shoots him. So he ends up going back to that time to be with his family. Maybe it's another world he goes to. Maybe it's just creates delusion, but or it creates a dimension. Who knows? But it sends him back to his dream world with his mm -hmm. wife and his son, where their land is whole, which I thought was neat. Of course, now she's stuck in the alien world yeah. until maybe she finds her hammer and gets out. Who knows? But it was a nice, cohesive story, other than that last part. It was a very different tale than they've been telling the Avengers recently. I liked, you know, the, the buddy story aspect to it. 
the sacrifice she was willing to make because that's a heroic thing to do. And you, you don't see enough of that in comics anymore where heroes are actually heroic. And overall, it's a nice, concise one, maybe two-issue story, and I really liked where it went. Uh, like I said, the arc got a little weird sometimes, but I thought the writing was sharp. I wanted to know what happened. I wanted a happy ending. I was genuinely sad when the guy was like, no, he's going to die. It's so dumb. Why? You know, and that's what you want from a story like this. So this was a very solid, the art kind of drags down a little bit. I'm going to go four to five for this. If the art was like dead on, it'd be a four and a half, four and a half out of five. Not quite a five. It's not quite there. The action isn't great, but definitely a four to five book. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a nice single shot issue which helps get you an idea of the character of the female Thor if you haven't been introduced to it before. So yeah, really liked it. Excellent. So nothing too explosive or dramatic from the comic pull this week. Nothing like, oh gosh, you gotta buy this. Oh my gosh, people. Nothing like that. Just some good books. Mainly from Marvel this week. Mm. Superman this week wasn't bad either. But I'm not reviewing that, but it wasn't bad. Okay. All right. So that takes us to the RNG, where we talk about the random things that happened and the number of generators that they did mm. or something. So uh, anything on your mind this week, Heathen Dog? Uh, not really. I mean, I uh, had my yearly physical, and I, I recommend all of everyone out there who uh, who, who are out there and uh, don't know what their body's doing to go get a random physical, man. Just do it. Just get it done. Check your heart. Check check your lungs. Check check the check the ticker. Do all that stuff. That's it. That's I used to do that all the time. When I was right. a uh, biomed, I used to repair and calibrate all the medical equipment, all the heart rate monitors, all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. After you'd fix one or calibrate, you're like, yeah, I slap it on yourself, see how you're doing. That was my blood pressure at. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. You know. I mean, a professional man. I'm not talking to you. Uh, <laughs> Which one of us? Okay, raise your hand if you defibrillated yourself. Raise your hand. I don't think I should have to answer that question. Raise your hand. It was very mild. It was very mild. Raise your hand. It was hand. on two. It was on two. It knocked you on your butt. It hurt. <laughs> but I got 20 bucks. Oh, goody. <laughs> that may or may not have happened at some point in the past. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah. How long is the statute of limitations on stuff like that? Probably not 20 years, man. You're fine. I'm fr probably. What are they gonna do? They can't. They can't discharge you from the military now. No. Hey, I saw some. There's a lot of stuff you do after testing, after calibrating medical devices, just to test. It used to actually for a lot of the things. Like the uh, the lithotripters. those are devices you would stick up some ureter and it goes into the kidney stones and kapow 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 and blows them up. Yeah. It actually used to be printed in some of the manuals to test them after calibration to get an apple and test it on it. So you get an apple, like, kapow, 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 and blow it up. Blow up an apple. It'll blow the hell out of an apple. Wow. Yep. That's impressive. Yeah, that used to be, that was in the book, and so we would do it. Uh, Same with electrosurgeons, electrocautery units, cut things out, used to do it to apples and stuff, test it out. We'd walk into the cafeteria and say, I oh, do you get it? They'd like, oh, gosh, what are you doing? So... Good stuff. Now I work with radiation. That's safer. Yeah, that's safer. <laughs> I, I don't blow things up anymore. Well, yeah, no. It's ionizing radiation. What, what could go wrong? Well, you just stay behind the lead shield. Well, actually, depending on what I'm doing. When I work with the x-ray machines, I stay behind the lead shield. 
when sure. I work with nuclear medicine machines, you there's you can't. You have to be exposed. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. It is. But your radiation badge, it absorbs it all. You're fine. No, it doesn't. It tells you how screwed you are. What? No. Why? Yes. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> In Star Trek, they have radiation pills. I fear it's the same thing. It's just you no, know, no, no. This isn't Star Trek. This is Battlestar Galactica. There's a cream. Just put. It <laughs> this is where when it turns black, you die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so uh, the only problem is that you're dead by the time you could read it. You know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Try and think what's going on in my life. Um. On Wednesday was it Wednesday? Thursday. Thursday. I had my first migraine headache. It yep, was uh, awful. I've been told in restaurants on migraine, the back, my everything hurt. It was absolutely awful. Mm. Yep. So uh, that knocked me out for a day. I still had to work. That's what sucked. I'm still. It happened while I was working. I couldn't finish. I had to finish. I couldn't let it go. You know, I was in the middle of a study. I couldn't. I had active radioactive sources. I couldn't just walk out. So, it sucked. Everything hurt. But you, you you probably overdosed yourself with radiation at that point without knowing it. No, because I, um. I most people, mo- most people with a migraine headache don't remember exactly what they've done afterward, because memories are hard to form when you're in such intense pain. I was pretty pissed. That's why I remember. Ah. It's like I want to go home, but I knew what I had. To... Fortunately, like the kind of I just was able to set up the scan, then walk out of the room and just kind of lay there. That's what I did. And you can do scans in the dark, so worked oh, out yeah. well. Worked out well. Space cow. Space cow. Yes. Uh, uh, Sheris, uh, as, as his, his entry for, uh, for Max Liao's uh, uh, capital vessel, uh, tur- uh, not only tournament, but uh, ca- cap- capital vessel sweepstakes type deal, where uh, you, you choose what capital vessel he creates in Empyrean Galactic Survival, and whoever he picks wins. And one of them was a Minecraft cow, only it goes in space because it's a capital vessel. That makes sense. Space cow. Space cow. Space cow. I'm trying to think if I've done anything interesting all this week. No, I've had a very uninteresting week. Fourth of July happened in America. It did. What did I you was do? Here. I saw it. I went with. I had a picnic with family. You know, we had uh, burgers and bratwurst and uh, uh, all that good stuff. It was fine. I was gonna grill burgers and then it rained. Boo-hoo. Oh, Boo-hoo. God's sad. against me. So I just George Foreman grew for George Foreman some burgers. It wasn't the same. No, it wasn't the same. It's not the you, same. You, you don't smell like the whole smoke and whatnot. And see, that's yeah. the thing. When I'm having a burger, I want to use charcoal. I love the yeah. charcoal burgers. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Get the whole sensation. Of course, then you yep. stink like charcoal for the next, you know, until you wash your clothes. But until you wash your clothes and take a shower, you're right. Yeah, yeah. which I hate. But, but you, know, you can grill the range, get wet while doing it. Yeah, I I know. I was feeling lazy at that point. I'm gonna want to go outside. It's not worth it. God hates me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's why I had a headache. It was awful. I did start playing Breath of Fire. I beat Breath of Fire three. And I started playing Breath of Fire four. Breath of Fire. Breath of Fire. I'm not familiar. Uh, it's a RPG series uh, made by Capcom. Breath of Fire 1 and 2 were on the Super Nintendo. Uh, 3 and 4 were on the PlayStation. And 5 is on the PS2. 1, 2, 3, and 4 are great games. 5 is god-awful. 
Okay. Uh, there's no real consistent story between them. Um, five was so bad it killed the series. I haven't made one since. But it's interesting that it's like the only RPG series Capcom made. They're more known for their fighting and action games. Yes, they are. So, but uh, that's pretty much been trying in Star Trek Online. I've been uh, trying to get my my ship. You already got your ship. I do, and I've already leveled it up to to mastery level five. Uh, I'm jealous a little bit. I got no time. I, I I will say that the that the Vorgon carrier is is a good ship. I mean, it's a solid engineering carrier. It's it's nice. You know, it's 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 very survivable. You load it up right. You can you can you can walk into a fur ball and come out the other side. But the the uh, carrier pets that it comes with are frigates, which should be awesome. But because they, they yeah, but they suck. They Aww. just suck. I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's that Tetrion sucks, but you know, Tetrion doesn't suck. It's just not OP, but it doesn't suck. I mean, phasers aren't OP, but you know, the the uh, the the, the uh, Federation carrier uh, Callisto frigates don't suck. These guys do. I mean, I got the regular, I got the advanced, and after having those, I didn't want to spend the god awful amount of dilithium and stuff to get the to get the elite so i didn't because it didn't seem like it was worth it yeah so i just loaded them up with uh with peregrine fighters and uh, delta flyers and it's been smooth go. sailing ever since smooth sailing well also in star trek online we recently ran some missions where we were uh smugglers and pirates oh that was so much fun that went well i say it went very good very good good <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that was fun. Also, the Pirate Picard one was great too. Oh yeah, it had so much backstory. You know, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it had it, it had it had so much uh, so much detail onto onto Picard's Picard's uh, alternate Pirate past. Picard. Yeah, 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 it was nice. Yeah, didn't Duncan Idaho write that one? Now that I think about it, <coughs> I think so. No, he couldn't have. He's not that smart. He's only a <laughs> biologist. Come on. Yeah, what do they know? But uh. Backstage where I spent most of my time with that one. Now I could tell that was I forgot you had written that one. I didn't mean to like say you were great while you're on there. You know, I like to talk good about people behind their back. Um, yeah, but no, that to was, their face is just embarrassing. I know it is. That was a great mission though. Um, a lot of fun in that. And uh, we're actually going to record some more episodes tomorrow. Yes. So that'll be interesting. Look forward to that. And then you can see that every day of the week on our YouTube channel. Monday through Friday. That's right. Indeed. So. I think that's pretty good for tonight. What do you think, Heathen Dog? Boom. Done deal. <laughs> that was, Oh, that was Orient's. Oh, okay. That's right. Orient did Pirate Picard. He could never have done that thing with the brain. Oh. Yeah. But no, I love Duncan Hyo's missions. Anyway. So, thank you, everyone. I'd like to say thank you all for watching. I hope you had a good time. I know we had a good time. So, Heathen Dog there. Do you have any final words of wisdom for us? Wait, Be wait. nice to yourself. What? What? I forgot to say, if you have any construction commentary suggestions, oh, you can let you us know on the internet. Uh, I suppose the internet is pretty the only way you could let us know. You aren't really going to write us a paper letter. We don't really have our address. But yeah, check we our home page on Reddit. Uh, check us on Facebook, on YouTube. When you watch the video, drop a comment, or through Twitter at LeishaMyth or TwitchTV slash Check out this podcast on iTunes. You can also find it on SoundCloud or Google Play or your favorite podcast aggregate. If you want to support the Legion of Myth, you can directly through gear at shop.spreadshirt.com or through patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. 
thanks to our Patreon supporters, Hicks206, Elgarian, Alex51, Baldahar, and Ethan Dog. We always appreciate your support. You guys are awesome. But you already knew that. I'm yes, we did. I'm just reiterating it for you. <laughs> you don't need a mirror to tell you you're great. You got me. All right, Ethan Dog, now it's time for your words of wisdom. All right. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to other people. Uh, always, always kiss your girl. And uh, always tell your child that, no, you can't be anything. You can be a half dozen things. Pick one. Everything else is going to suck. So you can't be a helicopter? No, you can't be a helicopter. And most kids can't be a helicopter pilot. Be realistic with your children, man. I've seen too many little snowflakes running around here thinking they can be president. And they got like three lazy eyes. You know, like they're, they're messed up. Like, no, you can't be president, stupid. Well... I can't say that anymore. Donald Trump's president. That means anyone can be president. Damn it. I got, I got to get a new thing. But yeah, you get my drift. All right, everyone. Thank you very much. Remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great day. Hold on.